<laughs> You're doing the motions, but there's no aggression. I guess I'm, I'm more interested in the getting away part than the hurting other people part. What if there's no escaping? What are you doing then? Laying down and hoping for the best? You must react in the instant with overwhelming force. Why not just enough to get away? Because if you must fight, you must win. You strike first and you do not stop until the person is on the ground or unconscious. You want to learn self-defense, but you still want to be nice. If you're defending yourself, you're already past nice. I find when I'm looking inwards into my behavior and things and the way I do things, there's a MacGyver aspect to things. There's um, artistic, creative aspect to things, like whether it's a homework assignment or teaching my kid bubble letters, you know, graffiti, and taking the kids outside and putting a canvas up. Creative and resolving situations. Um, I feel like being an actor, I've walked in so many other people's shoes. Um, I've had to not only deal with the things that I've had to deal with, but the things that other people have had to deal with, whether they're imaginary or not. So I think like whenever you prepare yourself by resolving some kind of problem, whether it's fictional even or not, you know, um, it's a notch, a tiny little notch like you build on it. And it's interesting that you would say uh, MacGyver <laughs> because I'm reading your bio and specifically your special skills. <laughs> special skills include paint, many mediums, stage combat, precision stunt driver, fencing, basketball and football, boxing, soccer, drums, flute, beatbox, and DJ. So let me <laughs> translate for the people listening. That means he can paint you as a picture. He can kick your ass. He can drive away quickly. He could probably use a lightsaber and, and many more. So let me ask you that. Yeah. <laughs> Are these things that um, you develop specifically for, you know, so you can have a range when it came to acting or some of it just came naturally from you growing up and maybe you added a few skills later on. Right. One thing that I added that jumps right out that I added later on when I went to, a, you know, an acting academy was fencing because that was something that you learn. Mm. Uh, nothing I ever thought about doing ever, you know, but um, it was dope. <laughs> it's hard to be good at it, too. You know, it's. um. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't done it since I wasn't, you know, since I went to Stella Adler Academy. But so it's between things that I've learned definitely to develop the skill. But at the heart of all those things, the things that I've done since I was a little kid, um, performing in a living room, pretending to play, my dad played the drums. Um, we had little bongos and things like that all over the place. From from that, also with my little sister, we used to have a little, you know, pretend band and perform in front of people. Stage combat, I definitely learned also. That was also at the academy. But the sports, I, another thing I did since I was little. Um, and then further, because I played basketball my whole life. But in 12th grade, I, I started to play football. I was always recruited to play football, but I never wanted to play football because I didn't know how to play football. And I was embarrassed. You know what I mean? But I was a big hey. dude. And, and the coach always wanted me to play. So um 
I did that and I ended up getting recruited to junior college and college, but I, I didn't want to play. I didn't end up playing. Football hurts. I didn't want to do it, man. <laughs> Anyhow, the rest of the stuff is all, you know, near and dear to you and me. It's uh, hip hop. Hip hop. It's hip hop. I mean, for me, I think it was, I was either eight or nine years old when I first saw breakdancing or a clip or so I, I don't remember exactly what it was. Uh, and then the next sound I associate that hearing wasn't really Rapper's Delight. It was Planet Rock. See, at this time I was living overseas. My cousin who was living in Florida, I saw him at like, like a family party or something. And he was freaking these like breaking moves and, and things. And uh, at that point, this is like probably um, I'm going to age myself now. I was born in 74. So this is like 82, probably. I was about eight. Yeah, eight or nine years old. From that, that yo, there was no looking back. Uh, I was writing graffiti probably 12 or 13. Uh, I was beatboxing before that, but um, not as seriously as I was later. I was because I was b-boying. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be the best people I could. But I was also 13 at like 6'1 and really goofy and like, I'll, you know, I had some, I mean, I, I still got some, you know, I can pop block and all that. But anything on the right. ground, I was falling behind. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to excel at something. So beatbox was my thing because I could really mimic sound. And I always had that kind of thing. I could whistle, crazy whistle, with on my hand. My dad taught me. I always had, and, you know, we were always making beats. All that stuff, I think that the rest of the skills are all associated to, to that, to hip-hop, really. I mean, all things that I've, because I've really practiced most of the elements, which is really the biggest through line, even before performing. You, you know, you mentioned uh, your childhood. Where are you originally from? I was born in Israel in a town called Ashdod, which is on the coast and where basically where all the Moroccan uh, Jews emigrated to um, around after the Holocaust. Uh, not specifically always related to um, like Nazis per se. So my, my mother is Algerian and my dad um, may rest in peace, was uh, from Casablanca. He's Moroccan. So I have family that's Algerian and Moroccan. So I do know that, like, my great-grandmother was in a concentration camp in Algeria. But, you know, that's, like, really unknown. I didn't really know they even had them. But my mom's family didn't really run away because of that. It was more like pressure they were getting in the area, um... The French were there. I mean, this, it's a complicated thing, but all I know is like my grandpa had um, in Algeria, Algiers at a antique shop. They had to like lock the door one night, and you know he just they had to get on a boat and to uh, across the Mediterranean and then catch a plane uh, into Israel. And they all went to like these little camps and stuff. I mean, not not in a bad way, but. Most of the North African immigrants went to a certain area. Most of the, you know, European immigrants went to a certain area. It was kind of like that. So I was born there, and, like, my dad had eight siblings. And uh, they were all, most of them are always here or the rest of the world. So we were always 
looking outward. You know what I mean? We were always, my parents, were, there was over a matter of time. While I was there, though, I did go to a performing arts school for kids. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that was a pretty dope experience because from what I can remember, because I was, you know, really little. But I mean, I remember I was doing plays, you know, and doing sculpting and things that my I should also mention, like my mom is an artist. She paints and uh, and sculpts and things. So that was that was always around. So, yeah, I was able to be to do that at a young age in a school. Like fast forward just a few years later, I think like, you know, around like 12 or 13 is when we were like really moving for good, like instead of like back and forth and things of that nature. And so we first went to Florida, actually, because my aunt was there in Fort Lauderdale and my uncle was in Miami. It's pretty wild because my first memory of rap radio was down there. Yeah, Lord. I mean, I think I heard, mm. yeah, I heard, like, mad early stuff over there. Um, it must have been, like, 86, 87. I'm not really sure. Exactly. And then, you know, coming to L.A. Uh, just shortly after and um, being around, you know, the years, being around the, the, the birth of hip-hop and, like, you know, when, when it, it, was, it reached all over the world. You know, I would be in a party, you know, and, like, be in a bar mitzvah and people be, Break that, like, and it was like 1984, you know. So yeah, that's that's the background. So, what was your? Because I know you you said you started early, um, mostly with you know the creative arts or whatever. What would you say was your first acting role? I think it was a, it was a play, and it was a Don Quixote. That was the play. Uh, based on a book, you know, with a bunch of little kids. And, you know, as you can imagine, a kid playing the tree, kid playing the horse. I think I remember more because it's a question that I was asked as I was getting older as a teenager. Like, what was the first thing you did? Like, I might have even put it on a resume, on my first resume, just because I needed to fill it in. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but, you know, that was it. But, you know, I will say this. Since this all came from movies, I was just a TV nut. You know, I just wanted to watch. I wanted to act since I was, so I can, you know, speak. I wanted to perform since I knew what it was. Wow. That's that's so dope because um, I think in a lot of ways, especially here in America, um, in the public school system, all of us get our first taste of acting. Obviously, you get up there and it's a whole nother ball game. Everybody's afraid. The lines aren't playing out the way you rehearsed. And now you just want to get off the damn stage. I think that's dope that, you know, from the beginning, you always knew you wanted to perform. It sounds to me, especially when you talk about, like, you know, your experience with trying to break dance and uh, all these different things that are a part of being creative, right? Because that's all hip hop is for the most part. Mm -hmm. It's expression, right? I could see with you, you weren't afraid to to try to get to that. You know, you're trying to make your way to that, whatever way it is. That's, that's true. I was not afraid, bro. I mean, definitely b-boying. You can totally embarrass yourself any second of your whatever you do, and you know that. Right. You gotta be. You gotta be not unafraid. Um, beatboxing too, man. Because for me, what happened? Like, I got so into beatboxing, like as it was as I was like, you know, junior high, high school. It got to a point that, I mean, I was the only one beatboxing. Everybody was flowing. And not because that people couldn't beatbox, but they couldn't beatbox like me. Yeah, I was into lyrics. Always. 
always, always heavy, heavy. I'm like a lyric fiend, but I wasn't an MC per se. I mean, I, me and my boy had like a little duo. We did, you know, wrote some rhymes, whatever. We freestyle and stuff like that. But now I did not beatbox for everybody. And in hindsight, man, I mean, you got you got to have some 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 balls because any side and i'm not just talking about i mean I, we had a big crew so it would be like could be like 15 of us in a cypher and all my homies so that's nothing but we always went around the city everywhere and there was always different people and i was always the one in the middle the bus and the beat i mean you 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 gotta have comp it's like performing you know it's like uh and i can say that because shoot i mean i've done plays in front of thousands of people and that, that shit is scary as hell <laughs> Forget about just knowing the lines. I mean, it's just, it's more than that. It's, there's, there's a lot to it. But, you know, beatboxing is different, but you it's definitely thought into it. Like, you know, you got to keep some, there's, there's something. You have to keep it going. There's a stamina aspect. There's a beat aspect. Like you've seen if this dude is flowing and it's like he's slowing up. You got to slow that picture down a little bit. This dude, oh, my boy MC Juice going to come on. I'm going to like, I need to put a whole new beat on. And I probably did all the time because he deserved that shit. Knowing uh, my hip hop background, you keep talking about beatboxing. Can you still do it? Of course. The dopest thing was, you know, like I'll mention him again because he's my brother. And like we recently talked and he's like the best off the top MC of all time. We used to throw my boy MC Juice, you know, you throw him words and he'd do a whole line with it. In the same cypher he would throw me beats. Like, he would just be like, take a personal. And somebody would be like, paper thin. You know what I'm saying? It would be like the next beat. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, nah, that's dope, man. That's that's dope. You take you, you bringing some memories back. Oh my back. god! No, no, man, that was good. And I I think in a lot of ways, it's it's one thing to talk about creativity and to describe yourself in that one word in this moment. But as we continue to talk, obviously we're unraveling that for the people listening and for myself. So let me ask you this. What were the inspirations behind that? Was it something that you just saw and was like, I want to do? Or what was that moment where you knew, like, I want to do that and this is why? This is funny because one of my earliest memories, this is a really early birthday that I had. And we, we, were, st we were in Israel. And I think, I don't know, my mom bought me the new... Michael Jackson album. And I had a little party and my little quote unquote girlfriend was there. And I performed dance routines for the whole album. And I mean, the reason I know that is because my mom still tells that story. You know what I mean? Um, right. And I don't, obviously, you don't consciously think of that when you're like six seven eight whatever that was but again going back to the desire to perform and the lack of fear to do so because that is now i could say you know at almost almost 50 
it's at the heart. I used to say it and people say it, throw it around, but it's at the heart of acting is like being willing to really look like a fool. At any given moment, you may look so stupid and you're going to feel like that, you know, when you make a mistake or whatever. So, yeah. That's that's crazy, man. But I think it showed more than, you know, what could what could have happened. Right. Is you like you said, uh, making you look like a fool. I think it also showed your confidence to do it. We could think it all day long. Right. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do this, do that. And when it's time, you know, some people are unable for you on your birthday, girlfriend, to do a little routine. That's really, that's pretty I mean, dope. yeah, that, that's pretty crazy to think about it. I mean, because I, you know, I have an eight-year-old. He's about to be nine, and I got a, a girl that just, she just turns seven. And if I think about him mm. doing that, like, and, and they're both like that. But uh, just to right. feel that it takes fearlessness. And when I see him perform and when I see them do that, because they do shows for us all the time. That that it definitely takes that, and um, it may, I'm realizing that all over again. It's pretty dope. One other thing that I really like, I highlighted it because I was like, "Yeah, we we don't have to talk a little all bit right. about this as much as you want." I'm gonna read this for y'all, and it should make a lot of sense given what you've already learned about them. Languages include fluent Hebrew, some French, Spanish, Arabic. Dialects include Arabic. Israeli, French, Italian, Latin, African, Russian, East Europe, New York boroughs, Brooklyn, what up? Yep. <laughs> Midwest and West Coast, California. Yeah. Penny, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot again. Man. All right. I, I may need a, a couple of samples, maybe a couple of samples of the, of the languages, whether it's those that you're fluent in or, or the dialects, because this is incredible. You know what? I'll don't for sure. It's it's interesting. It's something that has gone away. Theatrically, it hasn't gone away. Because on stage, right. I can always portray something far away from. And you know, nobody would hire uh, like a Middle Eastern North African guy in their right mind to do the, some guy from the South. But I did that um, uh, in, in a play called Monkey Trick. I played a dude that came up here from from Charleston, North Carolina. And, you know, I had to work for it. You know, you had to like work on things like that because it wasn't really in my wheelhouse. And uh, like other things are in the wheelhouse because they're closer to my because I do speak some of those languages and fluent in Hebrew. I read Hebrew. Um, I used to be a lot more fluent uh, Arabic and French because my parents spoke it when we were little. Uh, frankly, wanting to master English really pushed all that other shit away from me. And I don't know if I regret it because it, I think being able to really hold my own just with the working language that I have to work with was just more important to me. And just like to communicate with people socially and I'm coming from somewhere else, all that stuff, you know? To me, English was just more important. And, and in hindsight, you know, everybody always rags on me, like, oh, you lost it. But, you know, I still have it. And when called upon, like um, in the movie Regretting Fish that I, that I did, uh, I don't know how many years ago, I speak mm -hmm. French, um, English, and I'm pretty sure I speak some Arabic in it because the guy is, well, it's not clear, but he's a Moroccan assassin. You know what's interesting? 
like I wouldn't, I did not really, you know, like back West, people will put New York accent down. But being here 20 years now, most of those people did not have it. The Long Island, the inclusion right. of the G, the long, and the, for whatever reason, there's an, there's an R at the end of vagina. I don't understand that, right. you know, Virginia, it's like, what are you, what are y'all doing over there? You know, it's different. And, you know, right. people in the BX, they, they speak differently. I mean, now it's even different. So like people didn't know it. I mean, and like you have people in Staten Island are going to sound a certain way because, you know, the Italians are just going to be so heavy there. That's, they're going to sound a certain way. You know what I mean? And they're not, they're going to have that little right. thing. And you go down to little Italy or Brooklyn or whatever, you see that that's because it's the background. But like back back in LA, like I remember now, like people will be like coming in here, hey, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? Hey, you know, like this always this kind of some kind of like weirdo kind of guy. Which, sorry if that's offensive to anybody. When right. being here and and like for the first ten years I was here, I mean I was doing stage exclusively, and so many, I mean a lot of plays that are not on my resume, you know what I mean? So and all those different people came from somewhere, you know, and I wanted to do. As many different people as possibly can. I'm still in that mode, I think. Well, I mean, I think that's still dope because it's a skill in a lot of ways, right? Like you said, it's it may not be um, English may be what you use mm-hmm. primarily just because of where you are in life and what you, you know, the roles maybe you're going after. But because you have a history with uh these languages, you know, you can, you you know how to. Uh, oh, for sure. And yo, it does get, it did come in handy professionally. I mean, dubious reasons, but for example, an Egyptian person is going to sound a little bit different than somebody from Morocco. Okay. And like casting knows that a little bit. And when hiring people who are generally terrorists or whatever, when going out for those kind of roles, I would do that. And it came in handy. And, you know, I mean, I didn't always land the roles, but I got a lot of callbacks. <laughs> right. And that's really in, in the business, uh, you know, as far as TV is concerned or anything, callbacks is where it is. I mean, you know, that's obviously booking is where it is, but you getting callbacks. I mean, casting like believes in you. They're like, OK, this guy. Right. It, I mean, it can vary. There's variations from, oh, he's not going to embarrass us all the way to man. He's going to make us shine. But uh, to me, if you, you call on over and over again, it's that. And, and you know, doing different dialects of Arabic uh, in an English language was something that I did a lot. That it came handy and definitely from my background, but also because I have an ear that cares and digs. You know what I mean? Like my ear, like, well, I also have big ears. Back in a, back in high school, the homies used to say, I can hear grass grow. <laughs> uh, no, I can hear shit. Right, the difference right. between stuff. I'm like, um, it's the gift and curse of uh, being, I think, an actor that's really into like what you're doing. is like you really absorb everything. And sometimes it's too much. You got to know when to like shut shit off. So how long have you been acting? During high school and stuff, I wasn't doing no acting. Right. I was just, you know, we had a uh, house party crew. We were running the streets. We were just having fun uh, after high school, flipped that into like clubs and stuff. I was doing that, no acting until like maybe 20. And when, it, when that was like a few years, right, in between of like being in acting school and doing uh, plays and things like that. 
and not doing any of it and just, you know, graffiti and just hip hop, you know, just living, just being a kid and running around and doing things. And, you know, just blessed to be like to meet in my late teens, like 18, 19, 20. I wanted to get back into it. And um, I started studying again. Right. So I studied with different teachers. uh, I started to get serious doing some independent films and things like that. I was always doing plays. Whenever I can do a play, I do I did a play. You just did them. You know, nobody paid you. You just did a play. And then professionally, I think my first gig that's like on IMDb per se is 99, something like that. So that's when it started. And, you know, early on or even now, there's, you know, gaps in between. And But that time it was different. It was definitely being a startup and people not always giving you a chance. So you have to just go in and in and in and so many years of just like, you know, blind mailing people. And that never really ends, right. man. I mean, I mean, it didn't until maybe just a few years ago. And I guess that's that's the thing I was trying to get to is um, you know, just your your journey as an actor, who, you know, was trying to get roles, was trying to take this uh seriously. You know, you you kind of, like you said, you're a little off and on with it, um, but you have uh, done a few things. What is it like for you as a as a person who obviously has a family, has always been this creative person who's wanted to perform, trying to still achieve that but balance it with your, your family? Right. This is a conscious choice. You know, like before I met my wife, I was doing every play or jumping any independent movie or like um non-independent you know i I was in a couple studio movies also back then uh holy rollers uh for once uh with uh justin bartha and jesse eisenberg so doing those kind of things before i met her when we met and then we were going to get married that's when i really hit like the peak of the level of stage plays uh, uh, that I was doing, basically, you know, Broadway or um, or adjacent, you know, like off Broadway, but like on 42nd Street, you know. So then, you know, she got pregnant and, you know, I knew that I was going to have to pretty much go on a hiatus, not from, from the stage more so, because um, I continued to pursue uh, film and TV. And I mean, I, I was on the, Nashville a TV show when you know my kids were born but before they were born I was doing the last play I did was you know got a lot of reviews and then with a pretty uh, well-known theater in downtown uh, Soho Rep and um, day of tech with tech rehearsal which is the day before you know you open so my you know my wife went into labor and I mean to me that's like a moment that I'm always going to think about it was one of those things that, you know, as an artist, like, you know, quote unquote, starving artist for so many years, like you get to a point that, you know, you're you're about to have a kid and you're leaving the stage directly to the hospital. You know, when you're doing something, not only something that you love, this particular play, the person who I was working with is someone who I worked with before a few times, the theater company and director. And they really trusted me and gave me, I think it was six different roles to do in the same play. Yeah, it was the dopest, the dopest experience, really. Um, so it was like a pinnacle, you know? Even though I was going to go on a hiatus, so to speak, I knew that that was like, okay, 
I mean, I never thought, I never felt like I didn't belong. I, I never lacked confidence in that sense. I think I'm good and I know I'm good and I'm going to continue to think that way because I work at it. But uh, I also know that, like, you know, there's so many people that work so much more. You know what I mean? Uh, there's so much more work to get and I have so many more levels to achieve. But I was going on a hiatus because I was going to be the person who takes care of our kids. We, we don't, have, you know, we live downtown Manhattan. You know, it's rough. <laughs> we can't afford anybody to watch our kids. And you know what? We don't want nobody to watch our kids. So for the past nine years, that's what I've been doing. And I'm going to continue to do that. And, you know, um, it's not that it's just that. I do other things. You know, I have, I have many jobs. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. you have to, right? Because I think um, what's really dope about that story you just told is you know, you, you're at this this point in, in your acting career where you, you know, you're comfortable, right? It's, you know, you may not be starring in Marvel films or right. whatever at this point, but for you, you know, from what you were, were doing to, to get to that point, obviously oh, yeah. satisfying, but then at the same time, you know, this yeah. is your first yeah. child you were having? Yeah, see, this is your first child. And uh, you see, you saw that, family was more important. Didn't mean you didn't care about your goals and your aspirations to continue your creativity. You you wanted to either, if I could do both, I'll do both. If I have to do the family thing and, and work and every now and again, maybe pop my head into something, then so be it. And I think that's awesome because that's human. I appreciate you know, that. You know what? I think I'm also fortunate though. Um, because mm. I had the journey that I had, you know, like, and, you know, there's no real easy way to say this. Like, I mean, all my homies, you know, have kids in college or even past that, you know, like I was one of the few that didn't have a kid early on. And, you know, my son was born when I was 40. So I was fortunate to have all those previous years of f***ing up and, excuse me, you know, learning from mistakes and um, valuing relationships and valuing family and getting to a point like, man, I really want to have a family. You know what I mean? But I have, I had all those things working for me and including the fact that I was acting for a while already. Right. So I wasn't afraid of putting it second. You know what I mean? I was, I'm not, I'm still not, man. I'm not worried about any of this, dude. My time is like to return to a more uh, active uh, role. It's, re it's coming up real soon. I mean, it's really about the kids becoming slightly older so they can handle more of the day uh, without me. And, um, you know, because right now I'm still running him everywhere, you know, um, and all that. And that's going to continue. And I love it. I mean, it's rough, but, yeah, that's my job. And, um, right. But my time, you know, is coming real soon, actually, where I'm going to like, hit up some casting directors that I haven't talked to in a while and things of that nature. Because you know, um, I've, I've done, like, the true independent route, man. I mean, like, uh, I've barely spent any years represented by an agent. Only a couple of years. Most of the work I've done by myself. On, like, all the gigs that you see, like, on the resume or even that I'm out there, I always felt like there was somebody out there working harder than me, man. I mean, I just felt like I had to think outside the box and 
even do some rooch, <laughs> you know. But uh, you have to go through that. To, to I had to go through that at least. Uh, some people have an easier route. Um, some people have an even harder route. You know. During my research for this uh, for this podcast, obviously I had to look at some right. of your work because I had seen any of it and you're really good man like you you know the you're not the only actor i know and it's sometimes it's difficult for me personally like if i know somebody personally and i'm watching them act uh in a lot of ways they have to yeah. take me out of personal space in order for me not to see like yeah. hey that's my brother like, you know what i'm saying but you were you were really good man and i watched uh, you know the different uh clips thank you you know in these different roles uh, and you have a more, quote unquote, recent role, right? First, we take Brooklyn yeah. from 2018, right? Yeah. I'm looking at the the dates, and I'm like, oh, this is you coming back in a lot. Well, of- you know what, man? It's like it's one of those things like that I can only really put on just years of grinding and making relationship directly with casting directors which is not something you can really do without an agent. That's how you get into those right. meetings. You don't like, yo, they don't just call you. I mean, I just, I was around for so long that I was like, you guys are just going to see me. You know what I mean? You're going to see my face. I'm going to be here and I'm right for stuff. You know, and I mean, I went for stuff that I wasn't right for just to show them that I got it. You know what I mean? I, I can do this. I can do different things. I can like... But yeah, it's different in that in the industry you have to kind of look the part, and which is fine, you know. But uh, I, I push the envelope, try to show them things. So this was a situation a casting director that hired me two or three times before for movies. Yeah, that like, and and the filmmaker is also an actor, and he acts in the movie. It, is somebody that I know from working on um, Holy Rollers and. Uh, and and he wanted to hire me again. And um, it, it was dope. The, the only thing I would say is like I was Harvey Cattell's in the movie, but I didn't get to work with him. Man. But, but other than that, you know, quick fact, like uh, walking into school, mm-hmm. uh, I went to a acting academy called uh, Stella Adler Acting Academy in Hollywood. There's one. It started out in New York. There's one in Hollywood. Walking in every day, there's like a, a wall of, you know, stars that studied with Stella Adler or at the school. And at the very top, it's uh, Robert Duvall and um, Marlon Brando. And like right underneath that is a picture of Harvey Keitel, man. And I used to look at it, but it's a from uh, it's a picture frame from Taxi Driver. And he has like the shirt, like a handkerchief, like wrapped on. I don't know if you remember his character from Taxi Driver. Yeah. And uh, man, I used to look at that shit every day. More so at the Robert Duvall one, because that was like my dad's favorite actor. And he would always tell me how he got started late. You know, my dad would always be like, well, you know, (laughs) he didn't start the movie until it was in his 40s, which which is true. I mean, he like his first movie, Robert Duvall, was like late 30s or so. And and my dad, you know, we had limited English. But one thing he can really say, said over and over and over was uh, it's coming. It's coming. You see Robert Duvall, you see... uh, Morgan Freeman, you see, uh, you know, he would always talk about Samuel Jackson, you know, you, he would say things like right. that. And, you know, that's still in my, my head because I know it is like the way I see it going down. It, it's doable to work on TV and just be around for the family because, I mean, I did go away for like almost a week when I worked on Nashville. But it's it, that would be hard for me, man, because I'm I'm like, you know, the side effect of doing this job as a dad is like I'm obsessed. I can't <laughs> hard to be away from my kids. Yeah. 
No, I think I think your dad is right, man. I think it's um, there's so many examples, and and not in just the acting space, but um, I've seen it in comedy and and even hip hop, where at at one point, you know, you you had to be of a certain age, right? Like someone like Eddie Murphy, oh yeah, anomaly. Whereas there are more Bernie Macs and Steve Harvey's mm-hmm. uh, in the game, you know, who who've been doing stand-up forever before they actually got uh, known or notoriety or big no or whatever. So what is ultimately your your dream project, dream role, um, or do you even have one? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I will admit that I probably used to have those thoughts more often, right? Um, now it's more like in a general aspect of just like, working but like a lot of times i see myself as someone who can catch people off guard like with uh like a really dark performance or something you know that's not easy to do and um i'll go back to it again because you know there's not a lot of work i mean i feel like i've done a lot of work but not a lot that i can just point to people that i can see it but like what i did on this movie regretting fish i try to exercise stillness like to the next level and i mean actors have done this in the past i I don't know who i didn't i don't like necessarily i don't like to study a performance per se because i've learned that you develop too much of that performance that you see regardless of what you're doing i'd like to like find a foundation in me so to speak like um putting on a different pair of shoes and walking and seeing how that feels and going from the ground up about this guy. Taking uh, stillness is something that I've worked on and I felt like I did really well and that really, really works well for darkness. (laughs) I feel like I can do that well and that can come in a lot of different ways, you know? And um, the biggest thing I think I have to offer though is like um, my history and doing improv and understanding comedy like being able to do both things is something that is a thing is going to continue to help me because i like i don't just get called for you know like a security guard role you know what i'm saying like people at this point will let me come in for like the afghan scientist or like the southern farmer or like they'll they'll take a chance and just let me come in and do things the reality is just like you have to i have to be out there more and that's that's also like i said it's it's on the calendar you know what i mean that's uh it's that's gonna come up and um i feel like uh i i see sometimes like opportunities like hero movies that man i can kill some like crazy bad guy from any universe you know what i mean but uh, i mean like a few years ago, like before my pops passed away, I started writing something for the first time. I don't really write with a partner of mine okay. and kind of put it on back burner after a while because it's just like I couldn't really get back into it. But it's something I'll revisit. I think you get there, man. I, I think you got the right mind state and the again, the passion. You're a creative person who who is basically fearless especially when you can do a whole Michael Jackson routine. Like I could dance to one or two records when I was a kid, but I'm not. <laughs> well, yes, sir. Any Patone, 
Thank you, my man. Me, brother. I appreciate you taking the time to speak to me about me. I'm flattered and encouraged. <laughs> Henny Patone is an actor for stage, TV, and film. Stella Adler alumnus and multilingual performer. You can find out more about him by following the link in the description of this episode. My Little Podcast is produced by yours truly, your host, Steve Ann Smith. This podcast is available on all podcasting platforms. So subscribe, review, and share it with people you know would enjoy this kind of content. Remember, stay productive and follow your passion. Peace. You know she kind of get hung up on that long.